Live from the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside the Treasure Island Hotel and Casino, it's Throw the Flag. You're at some place in Las Vegas is playing the national anthem, and it's not a Golden Night game. Stop screaming night. With your hosts, Gooch. If Raider was in the national anthem, scream it at the Raider game. And Willie Ramirez. Find a different word in the song, in the national anthem, and scream that during the Aces game or during the Raiders game. On ESPN Las Vegas. Find one of the guy's names that ties in with the national anthem. Figure out a way to work Devontae in I like it. Once again, throw the flag back at the Treasure Island Golden Circle Sportsbook. I am Gooch. To my left, Willie Ramirez. We're here to break down this week of sports, and i got to tell you, this might be the biggest week in throw-the-flag history. Could it be, Willie? Could it be, or am I exaggerating? Oh, this is without a doubt. What is this? Episode 6, Season 2, Episode 6. The, without a doubt, the biggest show we've had. It might end up being, but I don't know. You know what? Because... With the Rolodex that you and I have combined, it, it may not be, but as of right now, it is without a doubt, hands down, it's not only the biggest show because of guests, but it's without a doubt the biggest show with everything that's going on, and on top of a big weekend involving Las Vegas sports, we got breaking news! Tell us the breaking news, will you please? Well, everybody's been sitting around waiting, wondering, complaining. What's going to happen with Darren Waller? Pounding the desk. Gosh, I wish I would have had. I wish I would have just had an insight so I could just go back and grab all the audio for the past three weeks on Cofield and Company and on Throw the Flag and saying, Darren Waller would be extended before the opening game. That was before he made the agency switch. Then when he made the agency switch, and I explained last week, twice Cofield and Company in here, he's got to distance himself from Clutch Sports. Give Drew Drew Rosenhaus some time. They will get it done. It's going to happen. I originally tweeted out that it was going to happen yesterday. Well, it happened about 8.35 this morning. Darren Waller is officially extended three years on top of the two years he has, $51 million. It averages out to around 13 mil a year. Darren Waller is locked and loaded. Game one tomorrow against the Chargers. Everybody can settle down. Deep breath, everyone. Deep breath. Now, Gosh. did you did you expect this signing to happen the day before the regular season? No, I expected season? it yesterday. Okay. I expected it yesterday. I expected it yesterday when he uh, announced that he was with Drew Rosenhaus. And I explained last week that the reason was he can't just sign the deal, whether there's something on the table, he agreed, whatever, him and the Raiders were close, the day after he changes agencies because Clutch could come in and say, well, wait a minute. We've been negotiating. Where's our cut? So you got to string it out a little bit. You got to make, and I'm not saying that's what happened, but that's what happened. And so now, Rosen, it, it appears Rosen now, he, he even had a quote that said, This is one of the toughest deals, hardest negotiations he's gone through um, for whatever reason. I just had a text from Drew Rosen now, asked him for confirmation. He sent three years, 51 mil. My colleague talked to him. So it's, it's just a matter of time. And I did – now, I knew and thought from the times I spoke with Darren at Aces games uh, leading up when everyone was freaking out, why is he going to Aces games? He's not practicing. What's going on? Oh, my God, his hamstring. I said, relax. He's going to sign. It's going to get done. You have been saying that since we started doing this, this show. show. You have yeah. been telling everyone, guys, relax. <laughs> He's not going anywhere. He, he because, loves this town. He loves this team. Yes. So I'm ecstatic about that. I mean, just imagine this arsenal. That he is gonna, that Derek Carr is gonna have at his disposal for the next what five years? 
Yeah. For the next five years, this is going to be and a locked and loaded team. So, it's kind of weird, but the four key players that have been sort of this new Raiders regime, right? Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, the new coaching staff. They've inherited, think about this, Derek Carr, Darren Waller, Max Crosby, Hunter Renfro. They traded for Devontae Adams. They've got all these guys locked up. The only one that was really guaranteed money for one year out of all those is Derek Carr. Yeah. He's got a team-friendly deal, and it's with, with one year of guarantee. It's a, it's a multi-year. It was a multi-year extension, but the first year was guaranteed. So it was a team-friendly deal. And when you have a superstar, and when you have a quarterback that takes those team-friendly deals, it does, to me, it puts him up higher because that helps his play because that means the team's going to be able to spread that money out along – different positions, maybe even beef up the defense. I just love what Derek Carr's doing. you got a quarterback like that that's willing to sacrifice for the team. It, it, the sky's the limit. The right. sky is the limit. And, look, we might as well just talk, start talking about the season opener tomorrow with the Chargers. we got people on later on today that are going to help us break down that game as well. I'm excited for that. They're going to be in L.A. They already had uh, the char- – well, the L.A. fans that were cheering for the Rams had their hearts broken on Thursday after Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills went in there and just snatched their soul. Did you watch any of that game? Which one? I'm sorry. Which one? The uh, Thursday night game? Oh, yes. Of course. And I have my thoughts on it. Um, so I'm not convinced that Buffalo was as dominated the Rams as much as the Rams shot themselves in the foot. Like the, So here's the thing. The Buffalo Bills played a fantastic game. They played dominating football from start to finish. But they didn't dominate the Rams as much as the Rams played crappy football. They, they were sloppy. And if you look at the, the, the complexion of what Buffalo did, they had turnovers. They, were, they, you know, they lost a couple of fumbles. They were picked off a couple of times. They played sloppy football. Josh Allen looked fantastic. Played out of his mind. The Bills played a perfect game to, in in a, in a, in, a, in a sense that they got points on the board. It looked like they forced the Rams to make mistakes, but there were a lot of things that the Rams did on their own that where this game was tied at halftime. Yes. So when you look at the score, it's like wait a minute, right? Yeah. The, so the Rams did themselves in. We, going into the half, I thought the tide was starting to turn in the Rams' favor, and then Buffalo just came out there and put the foot on the gas and just and let's not forget too the Rams had a lot of turnover I'm sorry you don't go from Odell Beckham Jr. to Allen Robinson and expect that there's not going to be a little bit of a drop-off I'm sorry I mean you're and then plus you lose a player like Von Miller and then he's all of a sudden on Buffalo and Von Miller I don't know what that triangle on the back of his head just did to him but he just reminded everyone just how dominant he was so so good last week the Rebels looked great two weeks ago Cal Eh, they looked a little shoddy last week against UC Davis. Cal's laying 12 and a half, 12, right in there, in that range. Rebels at 1 o'clock. You can hear the game here on ESPN, and I got news for you. I like the Rebels. I like them plus the points, and I wouldn't be so far to maybe avoid the money line. I, I might be inclined to, if I'm if I'm throwing a dime on the, on, on the Rebels, Maybe half that on the money line. They can go up there and win this game. I agree with you. I do. I like the confidence that this team has. I do agree with you. And, yes, I do not believe in Cal. But I, the only reason why I would not put money on it is because my heart wants the Rebels to win so bad. So I don't want my emotions to get, I, to get interfering with my money. Well, I get that, and you're a UNLV guy. But here's the thing. Um, Cal, what conference are they playing? Oh, Pac. Pac-12, yeah. Uh, Where did Marcus Arroyo come from? Oh, yeah, 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 Pac-12, that's right. Hmm. Six losses last year by one possession scores. And 
those Rebels, they weren't just playing for themselves last year. They were playing for their coach. This is a team that last year, when they lost to Eastern Washington, everyone was like, whoa, whoa, FCS school. They kicked the crap out of Idaho State this year, and they're going, oh, big deal, just an FCS school. All right, well, they did what they were supposed to do. Yeah. And why aren't, and now they say, well, now we'll see what happens against Cal. Well, why aren't you saying that Cal against UC Davis looked shoddy? Yeah, recognize the growth. If the Rebels barely beat Idaho State, you'd be saying the same thing. I'm going to tell you right now, Doug Broomfield against that Cal defense that didn't look too good against UC Davis, Marcus Royal's got this team tuned up. Mm-mm-mm. You know what else? Put, keep it in Vegas. Well, keep, keep it in Vegas because it's a big weekend. Tomorrow, Las Vegas Raiders with newly extended Darren Waller in L.A. And right down the road, which you can hear right here, the Las Vegas Aces. Game one in the WNBA Finals against the Connecticut Sun, or as I like to say, Connecticut. I always like to pronounce it the way it's spelled. The Connecticut Sun with... Some of my Athletes Unlimited fam, Courtney Williams, Dejanae Carrington, Odyssey Sims, last year's MVP, John Quill Jones, against the 2020 and 2022 MVP, Asia Wilson. You got the last four sixth women of the year awards, De'Erica Hamby two times, Kelsey Plum last year, Brianna Jones this year. Gooch, I'm going to tell you right now, if you are a basketball junkie in general and you're listening and you like NBA, I know you're going to want to have the football on if you're a fo- sports fan, but you want to have that second TV or the PIP on this game. Will, you got me pumped. I want to get into the gym and start doing some squats. So oh my throw God. the flag is off to a great start, and we're going to be right back with more throw the flag, my personal favorite segment. I get to pick the song. I get to pick the topics. Let's go. More throw the flag right after this. Lamar Jackson deserves his money. I want him to get his money i will openly confess to you molly swagoo bought i am skeptical when lamar jackson and his mama are is representing him as opposed to an experienced seasoned agent hope we let him play mm, little judas priest to start things off throw the flag back again from the golden circle sports book over here at the Treasure Island, Gooch, Willie Ramirez, and now it's my favorite segment, Throw the Flag. I get to pick the topics. I obviously went with the Judas Priest to kick things off. And we just heard Stephen A. Smith talking about the Lamar Jackson contract situation. It was supposed to be figured out yesterday. It did not. So now, next season, Lamar Jackson could be a free agent. And I have to throw the flag Like, right in the face of the Baltimore Ravens organization because how do you not sign this guy? It has been proven. Number one, he's got an MVP under his belt. Yeah. Let's not forget that. And number two, look at how bad this team is. Look how bad this offense is when you take away Lamar Jackson from the Baltimore Ravens. And you're still not going to give him his money I don't understand this. Josh Allen got paid. Now, I personally believe Josh Allen, it probably would have served him a little bit better to wait it out and get that giant contract like Lamar Jackson is doing. like he's Because Lamar Jackson is clearly betting on himself. But, they, they, but the fact that the Ravens are at this standstill, is it because Lamar Jackson is using his mom to be his agent? I mean, is that the case? I don't know if that's why. I don't think that that's why they're. I I think it's you know and the deadline that he gave, um, the deadline that he when he said till Friday. Well, you, you mentioned earlier at the top. You know, you said 
that was supposed to be done yesterday. That was him in saying, you know, I'm going to give it till Friday. And I think at that point what what he's saying is, all right, all bets are up. Negotiations are done. But the thing is, is he's playing. Yeah. He hasn't threatened to hold out. So I think that they sort of have him. They know, well, he's not going to – what is he going to do? So if we we don't extend him, okay. They're both gambling. Yeah. So the, 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 uh, the Ravens are, are gambling that, well, okay, we're going to get this status quo Lamar Jackson all season. Like, in their minds, like, how much better could the guy be? Like you just said, right, he's gotten an MVP. He's, I mean, he's arguably – I mean, I, I've been on record in saying he's, he's the best quarterback in football. And I, I might say – I know people say Aaron Donald, like, is the best uh, football player um, that's not a quarterback? I heard, yeah. well, yeah, and I heard, no, the overall, like, when okay. these rankings come out, you know, top 100 football yeah, players, yeah, like, yeah. it's always Aaron Donald. And, like, I'm not a Mike Greenberg guy, but, like, the other night, of course, he, he's a bandwagon guy. After he says, Josh Allen's the best player in football. Well, yeah, okay, dude, you, t- you said that after the performance. He's not better than Lamar Jackson. He's not a better athlete than Lamar Jackson. Sorry, he's not. Okay. He's but, not- but, but here's the thing. So, now, if you know you have that locked up where he's not going to hold out, and he's been like that, what to them? How much? The only thing that could possibly where he can go in. Okay, here's what I've done. Pay me, which could very well happen. Is he could win a Super Bowl? I think what Lamar and his mom are trying to do is get that guaranteed money that Deshaun Watson got earlier in the season. When that happened, every quarterback yeah. was frothing at the mouth. They're like, wait, wait, wait. You're going to give an extension, two hundred and thirty million guaranteed. Yeah. To this guy, right? Meanwhile, you got Lamar Jackson, who has just been the poster child. Of quarterback, of quarterback play, and just quarterback, uh, I don't know, like it, you know, answering interview questions. Just the guy has been nothing but class. But the thing is with the Ravens, they've always built their team. Um, you've never seen them really build their team around a quarterback before. So I think them taking that approach, it might be a little weird. Like, do we want to put all of our money into the quarterback? And then meanwhile, the defense suffers a little bit. The offensive line suffers a little bit. Wide receiver mm. play, It's just it just seems like that could be the big balancing act. Because remember what happened when the Seahawks signed Russell Wilson to that giant extension after he won him a Super Bowl in his second season? All of a sudden, they started missing pieces on the team, and then the Seahawks just have never been able to get back on track through those Super Bowl-winning ways. I think right, the but, Ravens but, 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 might but, have that same fear. Okay, but he's yet to win them a Super Bowl. Right. So now if he does, they're going to have to pay him. But my thing is, though, is even, even Russell Wilson, who I do think is better than Lamar Jackson, but even Russell Wilson uh, has never won an MVP. He's never put together a season like Lamar Jackson has. So for the fact that for the Ravens to just kind of like, yeah, we'll get to them. Either, and all this does really, though, to me, is just let you know how Lamar Jackson is the guy no matter what. This guy is handling this situation with straight-up class. This team should be giving him his money. And instead of stomping his feet and pouting, he's like, I'll take the fifth-year option money. I'll play. I was going to get it anyway. And then, you know what, instead of just letting these contract negotiations go into the season where it's getting in my head, I'll just do what I do, and then after the season, I'll get paid. He knows he's going to get paid, whether it's going to be the Ravens that franchise him or extend him to a large contract, or if he does hit the free agent market, he will get that Deshaun Watson money. There is no question. All right, we got a lot going on here. Let's jump on to Dominique Foxworth. He just started up his... Uh, podcast earlier today, and this is the exact opposite situation, okay? So you got Lamar Jackson going, pay me. Pay me like one of the elite players. 
But then Dominique Foxworth was on his podcast saying that he thinks Justin Fields from the Chicago Bears, second-year player out of Ohio State, should ask for a trade because the Bears haven't supplied him with the team needed for a QB to succeed. Look, if it's, it's his second year. In his first year, he was awful. Yeah, the, the, athletic, the athleticism was on display. The arm strength was on display. All those things that you could see at the NFL Combine were on display. But he was bad. Where's the leverage? Where's the leverage if you're a bad player? And what would happen if every player that got drafted to a bad team pulled the same move? What would happen? Well, here's the thing. I'm a Justin Fields fan, and I know what he's capable of. So I want to know more about his, quote-unquote, air quote, awful season in terms of, like, what did their rushing game look like? What did the offensive line look like? And what did they back him with in order to succeed? Because where he was drafted and the fact that he got whipped in as a starter, as a rookie, um, you know, you're building around Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville, and Chicago's a bit more historic than Jacksonville. I, 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 I understand what he's saying. Now, to go balls in, go all the way, balls to the wall, go all the way, I don't know um, how much, I don't know if his second year he asks for a trade, but the context in which he's talking, I get it. Because this is a kid who, in a class that included Trevor Lawrence and some other big names Zach at the Wilson, time, yeah. no, 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 well, back, I'm saying, when they were high school juniors, oh, yeah. before their senior year, they go to the Elite Eleven. Okay, so they do these camps around the country, and you compete to get to the, through regionals onto the. If you make it to the Elite Eleven, you go to Beaverton, Oregon, to the Nike campus, and then they do the Elite Eleven. Trevor Lawrence was supposed to win that thing. Trevor Lawrence like finished like sixth or seventh. Dorian Thompson Robinson from Gorman, the UCLA starting quarterback, he was right up there in the, as one of the finalists. They send some of the top tight ends and targets to, to receive Brevin Jordan, who's a Texan who went to Gorman, went to Miami. He was up there. Justin Fields won it. And this is a kid who, you know, he doesn't have the prototypical quarterback body, no, but I believe that he has the talent if you, if, you, if you do build around him. So I agree that they need to build around him. I don't agree that you turn around and demand a trade in your second year. That's, you just go in and you say, hey, here's what we need to do. Because you do need, if you're going to draft him that high and you're going to whip him in as a starter, you got to build around him. I will say that Justin Fields in the preseason looked markedly better than he did last year. Like, markedly. It was head and shoulders better. The thing is with Justin Fields is you look at his body type, you look at all the intangibles that he has, the speed, the arm strength, the accuracy. I mean, the guy can't put the ball right on the money. He can be a Josh Allen. He's got that body type. He's got that speed. He could do that. He can play that if the Bears can get the team I'm going to throw a name out here, and, you know, people don't like comparisons, but it's the only way to put perspective to be a Michael Vick. I'm not going to say Mike Vick only because Mike Vick, his, his lateral movement was so fast. I don't even think Lamar Jackson's got the lateral movement that Mike Vick had, but... I just I look at just Justin Fields because he is way bigger. Like just he's got about 30, 30 pounds on Mike Vick. Wouldn't you say? I mean, he's a big boy. He's 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 muscular, big, and he's he's like a it's like it's like seeing like a like a super middleweight. So mm-hmm. he's not a heavyweight, he's not a lightweight, but he's he's right in there, and and he's he's an athlete, man. And I'm telling you, if you if you build around this kid, he 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 has a knack for winning. He has he's just he's got a he's got a good IQ, and and I. I Again, I, I know what Dominique Foxworth is saying, um, but I don't agree. I'm throwing the flag on 
demanding a trade as a second-year guy. Yeah, we can all relate. There's nothing sadder than when a top quarterback pick goes to a team that just helps him out with nothing. Like, Trevor Lawrence last year had the same situation when he was under Urban Meyer. I mean, how bad did he look? And then Urban Meyer leaves, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, that's why he was drafted number one. This is weird. So let's move on here. We got uh, <laughs> this is just a little bit more lighthearted. So the U.S. Open, a lot of it made – headlines because you know it was serena williams last tournament but uh <laughs> it's pretty funny two guys got kicked out of the u.s open because they brought in a pair of clippers and a barber what do you call it, a, the cover and they started giving each other a haircut right in the stands yeah when you got to get lined up now willie you are someone who takes great pride in how you come off and how you look how dire does it have to be for you to be like, you know what, I want to make sure I look clean, I look sharp, while one of the biggest sporting events in the world is happening. Do right we now, have maybe. a backstory as to why this needed to be done there? That's the only thing I want to know. Dude, I, I need to know, or was it was it to make a statement? I mean, I mean, it came from 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 a from a men's quarterfinal. It's not it's not as if Serena was still in it, and they're like, we didn't want to miss a, we didn't want to miss a point. Yeah, you know. Um, so I want to know why it needed to happen. Um, oh, just attention. You know why it needed to happen? It needed to happen because they wanted us to talk about it, and they won. Would it be safe to say or corny to say or throw the flag to say they wanted to create a buzz? Uh, all right, I'm throwing the flag at you. <laughs> I'm throwing it right at you. Get the hell out of here with that. I'm not throwing the flag at these guys because, you know what, they may have got kicked out and they may have been escorted out of the, out of, out of the stadium, but you know what, I'm not going to throw the flag because they took a shot. Yeah. Hey, take your shot. And, and it worked. And it worked because now it's going by. Everyone wants to know who they are. And if you saw the guys, you could be like, wait a minute. Your hair was already cut. I think he left like a couple of strands just so he could be like, see, I'm doing it, guys. See, I'm doing it. Well, and if you find out where they're, let's say you find out where they're at. Like how many people, like, let's say they're in a, in a, in a Brooklyn borough, right? In one of the boroughs, right? Let's say they're in Canossi or something. And they're like, oh, man, you know what? We should go see those guys. Let's just go over to that barbershop. I'm going to get, oh, i got to get my goatee cleaned up. You know what I mean? I would do it. I would be like, oh, let's go in there. And just to say, and then all of a sudden, you got the, the selfie on the Instagram story, the TikTok, mm, and it's love like, it. I went to go see the U.S. Open barber guys. I'm going to tell you right now, I got the name for their barbershop. You ready? Line me up. Boom. How about Ace Deuce? Ace Deuce. Okay, well. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Anyway. We're going into the haircutting business. All right, and then we're going to wrap things up. We're going to wrap this Throw the Flag segment up with, I don't like talking about this, but it is grabbing headlines, and it's not necessarily sports-related, but it's involving one of the greatest athletes we've seen, Tom Brady. You know, Giselle has left Tom Brady, apparently. She left the home in Tampa and has reportedly left Tom Brady over his decision to keep playing football after the retirement and then – the unretirement a month later. And I have to ask, like, I, I, I agree with both people here because on one end, if you're looking at Giselle, you're like, what more do you have to prove Tom Brady? What more do you have to prove husband? We got a couple of kids that could use you for the other half of the season that you're gone for. And, like, what's another ring to you? What is another ring to Tom Brady? But at the same time, though, it's like, Giselle, take it easy it's tom brady like you can't just expect this guy to turn his back on the, the same life that he's been living for two decades plus no but i have also i've said this yesterday um with with adam i, I don't know if he finishes the season 
for him to take 11 days, come back, the answers that he had be like, hey, there's a lot of S going on. Um, as I put it on, on the show, I said a lot of schnitzel. Ah, um, he's classy. got a lot of schnitzel going on. Keeping it classy. Um, if it weighed that heavily on him and things aren't going right and his mental health in terms of, you know, or, or let's say just the Bucks aren't as dominating, it's an easy out. But I don't – I'm not accusing Brady of using excuses, but I'm just saying – I don't know if he lasts if he if, if he wants to save his his family because yes. you know he's still the kids are still young so I'm not sold on him being completely in for the entire season. And my thing is with Tom Brady, the one thing that stands out to him it's not the arm strength or the athleticism. Obviously, we know that is all subpar. It's just Brady's the fact that he could just lock himself into the season so quickly. We've never seen him have problems that are outside the nfl field you know it's we, we it's all like maybe the the deflation deflate gate yeah other than that we don't know anything even when he had the child with bridget moynihan and then left her and then had another baby with giselle a couple of months later it's like that didn't even reach those kind of headlines so to see brady's personal life getting thrown into the fire like this it's I don't, it's and, disturbing. And, and I, yeah, and I don't like the way it's being done. No, I um, do not. But what I do like is the upcoming guest we have next up on the show. Hey, for, before I announce that, get down here to Treasure Island, Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. The kitchen's open. It's college football week two, week one of the NFL. I've got tickets to UNLV football versus North Texas next Saturday versus, uh, at Allegiant Stadium. Get down here. We've got some lights tickets. But coming up next... Vegas Golden Knight forward Keegan Colasar on Throw the Flag. Now, back to Throw the Flag with Willie Ramirez and Gooch. Keegan Colasar, he's landing some punches. A couple of big rights. Gilbert's lost the helmet. Good job by Colasar. This is an element of his game we've yet to see. And some good left jabs by Colasar. Got that helmet off Gilbert a little early. Oh, when you hear that music, man, it's so hard not to get pumped up, even though it's football season. We are not too far away from rookie camp, training camp. It's Willie Ramirez and Gooch at Treasure Island, Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. We are talking football. We're talking aces. But right now, we are talking Golden Knights. And that's one of my favorite highlights, Gooch, because let me tell you something. I have never heard out, like in a sport, like in the sport of hockey, right? Fighting is normal. But, like, the next day it came out that that dude needed not surgery on a specific part, but just face surgery. His face surgery. Keegan Colasar joins the show now. Keegan, how are you, my friend? Oh, I'm great. Uh, I'm a little more excited for a Sunday morning than a Saturday morning, that's for sure. Well, let me ask you this, because the last time I saw you, we, we chopped it up a little bit before an Aces game. You were with Logan, courtside. Are you excited for game one of the WNBA Finals, or are you excited to camp out in front of the TV or TVs for NFL week one? You know what? I, I got every iPad, phone, TV, monitor you can think of ready to go for, for football Sunday. Will you be at the game tomorrow? Uh, no, at, I will not be. I, okay. I got red zone locked in, ready to go. Uh, it's, you know what, dude? I am with you. For, for all the packages that they offer and the, and the this and the that, I, and I got multiple TVs set up, right? I love Red Zone. Like, I could get lost in Red Zone. I have literally sat down in the past, started at 10, and looked up and gone, Jesus, it's 355. Yeah. It's just dopamine fix over and over and over. <laughs> so, Keegan, let's, 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 uh, let's talk real quick. I mean, rookie camp's right around the corner. 
and um, and then and then training camp. And I and I say this. I brought this up to you in press conferences and and, and one on ones or whatever it is. I mean, we haven't really had open locker rooms. We, we just got announced that that's going to happen again. But when I say this, this is like very true. You've heard me say this. Like you. And I think Derek England, and I don't remember who else was there, are one of my favorite guys to like associate, like to, 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 to cover in terms of talking to because it was my initial coverage for the Golden Knights outside of Gallant's announcing to go to the original ice up on West Flamingo before City National. You were at that development camp before a lot of these guys that are on this team. And... Man, you're still here. Now you're just a fixture, and it's kind of cool for me because you were one of the first guys that I got to talk to that first day that it was open to the public. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy thinking that far back uh, to see how far you know I've come and and this team has, and then the city has with with the team. Um, it's very humbling for sure. Um, you know, you, you don't know how it's going to start being out in the desert. Um, and you know, we've turned a lot of heads. And I think we've changed a lot of lives. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing the city keep growing from, uh, you know, the hockey culture we've created here. And uh, speaking of hockey culture, I don't know if you heard that highlight of you uh, breaking Gilbert's face. But when you hear, <laughs> you, you kind of just answered my question. When, you, when somebody says that out loud, what's the preferred response? Is it kind of like, kind of sheepish, like, well, you know, we're just in the heat of the moment? Or do you just kind of like, yeah, I did it? Uh... <laughs> I, you know, I don't, I'm, I feel bad, obviously, you know, breaking his face. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, never, you never really want to hurt someone, but uh, I guess it adds street credit to my name. I like it. I like it. It's a good badge. Um, so, so let me let me ask you this: you you have been here, as I just mentioned, for all three coaching staffs. Your thoughts on the upcoming season and sort of which the meetings you guys have, have gone through for for sort of preseason. Um, pre preseason if you will and and um you know just your involvement in in the 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 four lines what cassidy brings to to this team and um just you know where you see the 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 change from one coaching staff to the next to the next yeah um every coaching staff different um and they all have their own kind of um their own culture that they bring to the, to the locker room um and, you know, it's like a pyramid. I mean, it starts from the top and it comes all the way down to the bottom. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm beyond excited for the start of the season. Uh, Bruce brings a very high winning pedigree to this team. Um, and I think the additions we've made this, this summer really got in the city and us all excited. Obviously coming off, you know, disappointment of last year. Uh, you know, we're, we're taking, you know, very high honor and, and right and the wrong here and getting back to what uh, this team can be and, and getting back to the playoffs. Without being too specific, the problems that happened last year, do you think the team addressed those problems this year or at least made an attempt to? You know, I, a lot of, you know, we've always said it, um, you know, we hate making excuses, but realistically, you know, we had some very tough injuries. Yep. That really that really stunted us um, at, at tough times in the season, and even with that, we were right there in the end. You know, with the last four or five games there, and, and we pushed hard. And um, you know, I think we we lost some key players. We gained some new new players that um, can help us as well. Um, always sucks to see guys leave, 
Um, but it's also exciting to see, you know, new faces come in, like Phil Kessel um, and Aiden Hill that we just acquired. Um, and it brings a sense of excitement to us. And, um, you know, I don't think we've, we've done too much, too many different things with, with our team and structure-wise or anything. I think just everyone got a chance to get healthy. I think that's going to be the biggest change for us is just having a full roster. So we're just going to go back into the old bag of tricks here. One, just we're going to play some word association. When you say, when you look at the identity that Bruce Cassidy is trying to install in this team, what is the one word that you can think of that would describe that? Hardworking, for sure. Anytime we played Boston last season, um, they don't give up on a single puck. They don't give up on a single play. It doesn't matter if they have the puck or the guy doesn't have the puck. No one's posting out there, and everyone's you know going balls to the walls. Okay. Nice. We'll just stick with the Raiders. So, I mean, not with the Raiders, but you were talking about the NFL. Do you got a fantasy football squad? Yeah, I do. And uh, the Rams really hurt me by not throwing to A. Rob the other night. So, um, what was I'm that? Smiling right now. I, I bought into that too. I made the same. I made the same draft pick because I bought into the Allen Robinson. You know, Odell's out, so he's going to get a ton of targets, and all yep. of a sudden, everything just went haywire. I don't know. Maybe Stafford just can't look in that direction. I don't know what it is, but it was it was bugging me out. Right. You uh, you a Raider fan since you're part of the city? Absolutely. And uh, even more so after we just beat them in in Smitty's uh, football <laughs> event. Yeah. And I, so I want to I want to and I want to touch on some some of the lighthearted stuff before uh, before we close it out, Keegan. But I do want to ask you one question because and not ask you, but I want you to tell the listeners because. You know, it bothers me when when we're tweeting during the regular season about whatever may be going on with the team, right, and Jack Eichel's name comes up, and it's usually a Buffalo fan or some sort of Buffalo blogger or whatever, and I think that the guy got a bad rap because he was in a bad situation back there. And When you're in a sort of a toxic environment, you're going to get blamed for a lot of things. And, I mean, I have yet to see or yet to hear or yet to catch a vibe that – there's anything remotely close and he just needed a new environment sometimes that is what's needed in professional sports and I, i'm confident in saying that this he's going to be he's 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 been great in the locker room and that with the media he's going to be fine and you know that he's going to be a, a constructive part of this this unit can you just talk about what it's been like to have him around yeah it, it's awesome having him around um you know, it's also tough, like I said before, when you, you say goodbye to, you know, Krebsy, um, Tucky, other players that, you know, were sent away. Yeah. But to have him in the locker room is awesome. He, I mean, he's a generational player. Uh, he brings so much to our team, to our locker room. He lightens the mood very, very well. Um, obviously, you know, he was a captain in Buffalo. He has that leadership aspect. So when something needs to be said, you know, it can be said in the locker room. Um, and that's not just him also. I mean, we have... Trangelo, who is a captain in St. Louis. We have Stoney as our captain. Marty, one of the most tremendous players I've ever met. Won yeah. the cup twice, you know. He has that winning pedigree and that experience. So I think all together with all of them combined, it's a great locker room. And, you know, for Jack, um, you know, maybe it was just a you know, time for a new change. Um, you know, if I was in the same position, and um, you know, I felt very strongly about, you know, my body and, and how I could heal it through different surgeries. Right. You know, I, I would hope that, you know, someone would want to go in my direction as well. So, for him, I mean, I'm glad he got the surgery that he wanted. I'm glad that he's here and a part of us. I'm glad he's healthy and, 
you know, I'm looking forward to this season with him and, and seeing what he can do. All right, so let's talk about the Raiders. You you, you beat the, the softball team. Now, now when you were um, in Canada, were you an NFL fan and fantasy, but did you also follow the CFL? Uh. You know what? I didn't become a big football fan until like three years ago. I, I didn't really watch it too much. If anything, I would go and watch our baseball team back in Winnipeg. It's called they're called the Gold Eyes. Okay. Yeah. That was I, just a fun, that was a fun time just to go and sit there and you know have a couple of beers and watch them baseball. Okay, so when you became a fan, what was the first team that you latched onto in the NFL? Was it the Raiders or was there another team? No, it was the Seahawks. I went. I, I went to a couple Seahawks games when I was in junior hockey. So, and that stadium's insane. Yeah, it was loud, pretty right? cool to go. That was my first experience, and um, evidently got great tickets every time. Um, my old man knew someone in the organization, so took care of us. Yeah. Well, and now Russell Wilson is with Denver. So. If if you became a fan of him, I guess you you know you get to see him a couple times. If you know if the Golden Knights aren't playing, um, but you've so you have obviously latched on with Raiders. Now, have you linked up with any of the Raiders? I know you know when you get into pro sports town, like you guys were the first ones here, and you got to remember I've been here since '72, so I remember when it was only running Rebels and Rebel football and an occasional you know and the, the AAA baseball team, but. The pro teams, as they get here, do you do you sort of become buddies with them and align yourselves, or or is are you sort of just with the Golden Knights? I know you and Logan, like I said, I saw you at the Aces game. But have you have you become have you become friends with any of the uh, Raiders? Yeah, you meet these guys during the game um, and before in the locker room. We all just chum it up. We've done the game a couple of years now, so we all remember each other. Um, timing wise, sometimes it's tough because the game usually happens, you know, the week before, a couple of days before they start their training camp. Um, and then once they get in the season, I understand how it is. You know, you want to be locked in. Yeah. You want camp starts. You know, I become a real homebody myself. I don't like to go out and do much. Like just, you know, get to the rink, do my work, come back home, rest, recover, and get ready for the start of the season. So um, maybe later on, um, you know, catch up with them and, and link up, maybe go for a dinner or something. But for the most part, you know, they're they're focusing on their on their craft, and uh, you know, we got our stuff to worry about as well pretty soon. So I, I'm always interested in this with, with professional athletes since day one when, when, when the Golden Knights got here is because my son owns a private training facility and he's a two-time natural bodybuilding champ. So I'd like to know, like, your off-season training regimen. Like, are you in the gym lifting? Are you doing band work? Do you do conditioning? Is it a combination? I'm always intrigued by the different types of workouts, you know, um, powerlifting. What, what, what's Keegan Colasar's go-to during the off-season? Uh, I think you gotta have a good mix. I don't think you can lift crazy every day. Um, and also skate. There's gotta be a good mixture of, you know, full body workouts. Um, and then, you know, a, a good core series and conditioning. I like to skate more than I do work out. I think a lot of hockey players feel the same way as well. So for us, it's, it's just maintaining the strength off the ice. Um, keeping the conditioning up, and then, you know, doing the work on the ice. All right, I'm just going to ask the simple question. How much you bench, bro? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I bench enough. 
I don't want to get uh, <laughs> Great answer. Presidential answer. You bench what you have to, right? Um, yeah, exactly. That's that's awesome. Keegan, I really appreciate you joining us today. We wanted to keep it lighthearted, have a little fun, talk a little Golden Knights, maybe some Raiders aces. We covered it all. Um, looking forward to seeing you, buddy, out there at the uh, – at the facility, of course, locker rooms will be open, so we'll, we'll, we'll have a little bit more access to be able to talk to you and, and get you heard, get you quoted, um, and we're looking forward to it. So, Keegan, thanks for joining us on Throw the Flag. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Take care, bro. There it is, Keegan Kolasar. Man, I tell you what, like I said, one of my favorite guys because day one, Gooch, I showed up to, to do the Gerard Glant introduction press conference, and then – the next time it was like, hey, Willie, can you get out to the development camp? I think it was development camp out. And they, had, they didn't even have a, a facility. So I went to the ice place, ice palace, whatever it's called, on West Flamingo. And they were holding it there. And Derek England and Keegan Kolasar, if I'm not mistaken, they might be the only two that's still with the organization that was at that facility at that time. I don't remember if the bigger name guys were there yet. I think uh, Alex Tuck might have been there, but he was still young. So... And Kolasar, he's always been just polite, cool, give you your time. That's got to be inspiring, watching somebody at the training facility, then all of a sudden you see them on the ice with the big boys. It's like it's coming just from your point of view. I think that's got to be incredible. Well, when we come back, it is going to be incredible because we're going to keep this winning streak going with free picks. It's gambling with Gooch and Willie, the gambling segment on Throw the Flag, Golden Circle, Treasure Island, Sportsbook and Bar. Congratulations. Graduation. Everybody gets pinched, but you did it right. You told them nothing and they got nothing. I thought you'd be mad. Man, I'm not mad. I'm proud of you. You took your first pinch like a man and you learned the two greatest things in life. What? Look at me. Never ride on your friends and always keep your mouth shut. Welcome back. Your dreams are. Second quarter, second half, you call it what you want it, but it's the second hour of Throw the Flag. Welcome back. That, of course, the sounds of Robert De Niro from Goodfellas. You know why, Gooch? Because you never rat on your friends. Never. And you always keep your mouth shut. Now, a lot of people misconstrued that line. It's one of the greatest lines because it is two lessons. It's not one. People, I've heard a lot of people go, he kind of was redundant. No, because you don't rat on your friends, and then you always keep your mouth shut. So you keep your mouth shut in general. But most importantly, you don't rat on your friends. So throw the flag. We are at Golden Circle Treasure Island, uh, Treasure Island Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. I keep saying that backwards. Gooch, Willie, trying to eat too much coffee. <laughs> Mateo made that strong cup for me. We got DeMond back in the booth handling things, quarterback in the show for us. Uh, get down here, another hour. Ryan Reeves, former Golden Knight, New York Rangers forward, coming up in about 15 minutes. I got free tickets to next week's UNLV football game. We're talking all kinds of sports for this last hour. But, so Gooch, stressful week, man. I mean, from like the my laptop going down, on the same morning I got an email that my new laptop was ready, thank God. Went in, made an exchange, literally dropped one off at Geek Squad, grabbed the other one. Um, had some information on, on, on some stuff, and, and I, I tweeted something out one night, um, and I got up at like 1.30 in the morning to a text message from your former roommate, Adam Hill, saying, bro, you're famous. What's going on? You're at dinner all night? You didn't say one word? I look, and my Twitter's blown up, went viral. I tweeted out something that I had heard 
based on multiple sources who I still trust. Um, don't think that I got burned. Um, I, I went with what I went with. And there's something called the Nevada Shield Law where you don't reveal your sources. Well, what I was told was that, and this was weeks ago, I just had been sitting on the information. I was kind of waiting for Las Vegas and Seattle to finish their conference final in the WNBA playoffs, um, that the WNBA wanted, didn't say that they were going to, the tweet said the word wanted to announce, basically saying they were thinking about it, maybe wanted to announce plans for expansion to Las Vegas and Seattle when the Clippers went to Seattle to play two preseason games later this month in the first week of October. And then the next couple of days, the Lakers are playing here. I just put it out there. It, it, people took it out of context that it's happening, it's going. Is this where That's not what I worded. That's not how I worded it. The next morning I get up and it's even more viral. And I was doing some work and I look, I mean, my phones are preset for certain times to be on Do Not Disturb. Yeah, right? yeah. So I can get up in the morning. The only person that can really By the way, get phones. phones my right? phones. Yes. That's how serious you are about the job. The only one that can get through to me is my son. So I look at that I missed a call and got a text and it was from NBA headquarters. And it was one of my one of my people there. So I knew, I was like, okay, this is getting serious, right? So I finished my, I get off deadline, I'm done, and I make the call. And it's like, we caught up for like 10, 15 minutes. We're laughing, we're having a good time, you know. And they said, so obviously, you know why I'm calling, your tweet, blah, blah, blah. He goes, Willie, I don't know how to tell you this, but your sources, mm, I don't know, not so good. So we went back and forth. Thing is, he never really said it's not true. It's not happening. We ended up having a long conversation about it. In the meantime, one of my phones goes off, and I see the caller ID, and it's the person I report to for the Associated Press. Now, I am not a full-time employee for the Associated Press. That's the other thing. Everyone was tying this to AP because I'm a freelancer, but you know, my money sources come in from a lot of different avenues. When you're a freelance writer, you have to scrounge and dig deep and hustle. The grind is real. At 53 years old, I am not a full-time employee other than my own corporation, which I have to generate and enterprise stories with. When you're the head coach, I mean, when you're the boss, when you're the CEO, you're the one putting in the well, hours. Well, my, my son is a CEO. I let him run everything, but he just demands and says, here's what you need to make this month. If I'm going to make this month, you better make this month. So I said, okay. So I do. Well, I still have to answer to the edit to, to some of the editors, especially when you're dealing with AP. So I get off phone with the NBA. I said, let me go back. I was willing to do a clarifying tweet. I said, I'm not a deleter. I do not delete tweets, man. That's not my thing. I'm not, you know, if I tweet, especially something like that, I'd rather clarify and say, I just spoke to the NBA, whatever. I call my editor. He says the AP's getting, you know, getting heat was the word. So I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm not, I didn't tweet it. I was, it didn't say AP sources. It didn't say anything about via AP, nothing about AP. They just tied it because most sports, you know, you relate Las Vegas sports AP, you think of Willie Ramirez. I get it. So we went back and forth, and I weighed my options. Nobody demanded that I delete the tweet. Let me put that out there. But considering the circumstances and everything that I was listening to from both sides, the NBA, the AP, a lot of extenuating circumstances, which, again, I'm not going to get into because I don't owe it to anybody to explain. That's why I opened with that. Yeah, movie scene. keep your mouth shut. Yeah, you keep your mouth shut. It's If you want to know something, you come find me and I'll explain it to you. But don't don't answer my tweet. Don't subtweet me. If you got a problem, trust me, we can meet. We can discuss it. I can talk to you man to man, man to woman, whatever. We can sit down and discuss it, and I'll tell you.
But I, the second that I decided to delete it, and then, and then on top of it, the NBA wanted a, a clarifying tweet one way. AP was like, let's not ruffle any feathers. If you do it, you rehash everything, right? So you're better off not explaining anything because then you got a whole other day of quoting tweets and tweets. So I said, okay, so I'm going to leave it alone. But I called Steve Cofield immediately that morning. I said, I want to go on the show because you know who I care about? I care about the Las Vegas listeners. They're my audience. They're who support me on the radio and locally. Yes, AP pays me, and it's a national audience. I get it. But this is my town. How many times have you heard me say just in six weeks, this is my town, man. I've been here since 72. I owed it to them. Then Tyler Bischoff and Ed Graney brought it up, and Tyler was the only person that recognized the word want. He goes, yeah. did you notice Willie's tweet said want? What did that mean? I called the back line. I got Danny on the phone. I said, Danny, put me on the air with these guys. I purposely wanted to be on the air that day to explain myself to our listeners to our city so they understood didn't care about the bloggers the people that decided to take my tweet rewrite do whatever don't don't didn't care so that's what i did i wanted to come on here today and i wanted to make sure that i put that out there and i'm throwing the flag at the people that you know what subtweet whatever if you do, I, I i wasn't wrong in what i did and i'm not sorry for what i did well, that's the problem with a lot of the journalism that we have right now is everybody just wants to be first, and they're so ready to be first that they don't even want to get the information accurate. Right. They just want to be first. So, so they jump on what you said, which wasn't a definitive tweet. Right. And then they're just like, oh, yeah, it's factual. All right, well, I just want to get that off my chest. I threw the flag. We're done. But you know what? I'm excited. We're going to take a quick break because when we come back, the man, the myth, the legend. He is still loved by Las Vegas. He came back for the softball game. He still lives here. Ryan Reeves joining Throw the Flag. Reaper. Got a whistle away from the puck. We're going to have a fight. Kane and Reeves. Oh, Reeves pounding away. Kane escapes for a moment. Now he pulls up his sleeves, digs back in. Reeves, several rights. Reeves' helmet pops off. Reeves wailing away. Now Kane's helmet is off. Oh, my goodness. Reeves wallops Kane, and down he goes. Period. Banks it up top again for Schmidt. Some room, right circle. He shoots, he scores! A tip in front, Ryan Reeves. We got a tie hockey game. Howard plays off for the Knights. 3-3 tie with 13 minutes to go. Theodore gets it back, slides to the high slot. England ships it wide right. No six centers off the side of the net. Another try, score! It's Ryan Reeves, and it's a tie game. Four and four. Reeves, two goals in two games. Oh, yeah. Some of the best highlights right there. Little J. Cole for my guy out in New York joining the show. Throw the flag with Gooch and Willie. It is the one and only Revo, Ryan Grim Reaper Reeves. How are you, Ryan? I'm good. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Appreciate you coming on. It's, you know, going back and forth. And I, I know you've been busy and traveling and you had the big fantasy football draft. So I appreciate you making time this morning, especially with big season coming up. Um, how, by the way, so you're back. You're, you're in New York. How, how's uh, how's uh, the Big Apple? You're settled in, ready for the season. Oh, yeah. We, uh, we kept our house over the summer. So it was, uh, it was an easy transition. Unpack the clothes and right back to it. You know, and 
before we get into it, you know, the last time that you and I sort of had a deep dive, it was during the pandemic, and I was going stir crazy with not having anything to write. And I started my, my restart of my personal site. You shared your thoughts on family. And so I got to ask you off the bat just how Lana and Kanan and Camilla and the family is and how the summer was. Uh, it was good. Um, you know, we, we were in Vegas for most of it. We went actually up to Winnipeg for two weeks. Uh, to see some friends and family, I haven't uh, I haven't been back there except playing for the last you know basically three years. So um, you know, went to see my mom, my dad, my nana, um, some friends and family. Um, but yeah, family's good. Had a couple weddings. Uh, we were at Carlson's wedding, at Nate Schmidt's wedding. Um, a buddy I used to play with, uh, Robert Tuzo. We were at his wedding in Vail. So it was uh, it was busy, just how you want summer to be. See lots of uh, friends and family, and you know travel around a little bit. Hit the pool a lot. I was definitely uh, trying to escape the Vegas heat in the pool. We got Ryan Reeves right here on Throw the Flag. And, Ryan, we understand that we wanted to get you last week, but someone was in the middle of a fantasy football draft. How did it go? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what happened, actually? That one did not go well. I, something was going on with my phone, and I ended up having to uh, auto-draft. And I, oh. got, I got some of my top players were the exact players I was trying to avoid this year. Like, I got Tariq Hill. I didn't want anything to do with him. I didn't want anything to do with McCaffrey. I got him. I got Trey Lance as my quarterback, which, you know, we'll see how he does. But um, not overly excited about that one. My other team is, isn't too bad, though. How did the other team, what was your first pick that you had to make? Uh, the first pick was uh, Jamar Chase. So we, it was a, I was number eight out of, it was a big league, 16 t- uh, teams. So very uh very thin after like the fifth round basically so i I had like you know i got my boy d Carr, i got fournette sanders smart chase alan robinson or yeah alan robinson i got waller too so um newly extended we we, we got we got some players but it definitely thins out after uh the first couple rounds with 16 teams so, Ryan, when you were with the Vegas Knights, you were my favorite player because I always kind of thought you set the tone. The team just was tough and just gritty, and you were always in some kind of a fight. It was just always you were just nonstop entertainment, and it, it even carried over on your podcast, Spitting Chicklets. But has there ever been a situation where you beat up a dude on the ice, and then later on in your career you find yourself on the same team with the guy and the question I had is, is, who should be the one to extend the olive branch first? Is it the ass whooper or the ass whoopee? <laughs> uh, well, the ass whoopee, because if he doesn't extend, he might get his ass whooped again. So <laughs> I would say the, the whoopee every time. Perfect. I'll never forget the first time that you were in the locker room and all the recorders went off. And it was me and Adam Hill, really. And we just held court. And we started asking you, well, first thing I said was, I was like, well, you know, I think the only person on this roster at this moment that you've had a fight with was Derek England. You're like, you know what? Once it's really done, it's kind of squashed, especially if I get on the team. So, like, there's it's there's no hard feelings. And then you went, except, and you started, and it was great because it was off the record, but you, you didn't hold back. There were a couple of players you mentioned, and I'll never forget, you're like, and the entire L.A. Kings. And then the next game, <laughs> I think you went on the road, you guys played in L.A. So, yeah, I remember you saying that, yeah. Once it's over, it's it's kind of over because it's part of the game. Yeah, I mean, ninety nine percent of the time it is like you know. I I remember talking to you about Ego. Like, I, I remember the last time I fought him was when he was with Calgary, and 
Um, I, I think it was like, you know, 10, maybe 12, 15 games in the season. We, uh, I hadn't had a fight yet. I was trying, and there was just nobody who was willing to fight. And, you know, finally, <laughs> I we got, finally, I got England. And uh, I remember we were sitting in the penalty box. I looked over. I was like, how's your season been? He's like, man, I can't get anybody to fight. And he said, me too. And we were just shooting the shit for, uh, you know, basically five minutes. And it's like, all right, have a good season, man. And we went back out and, you know, went back to war. So, yeah, m- most of the time, you know, there, there are obviously uh, some exceptions to the rules. And I'm sure you could, uh, you could figure those ones out. But uh, most of the time, it's, it's cordial after. Now, uh, last hour, we just had Keegan Collisar on the uh, show. And he was, there was a highlight where he broke a guy's face. Now, when you break a guy's face and you're on a team with him, is there at least a kind of like, uh, you know, what do you give him? Do you, do, you, what do you give him like a sandwich or something? Just be like, hey, sorry about the face, buddy, and then try and build it that way. No. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know what? Actually, uh, we, uh, so we signed, uh, we traded for Tyler Mott last year, and um, in the bubble, the bubble year we were playing when he was playing with uh, Vancouver, I, I think you probably remember game seven. Uh, I ended up catching him a little bit high and took a five minute. And he uh, got him a concu- had you know, he got a concussion from it, and so we traded for him. I uh, I texted him. I was like, "Hey, do you uh, you like wine?" He said, "Yeah." I said, "What kind?" So I bought him a nice bottle of wine. He said, "What's this for?" And he said, "You know, like I I I play hard. I play physical. You know, I, I fight, but like I don't ever want to hurt anybody, especially you know in it with a, a play like that, and especially with a concussion." So I was like, "You know, this is my apology. Hopefully, we're good, but." Um, you know, I you know, especially a play like that when when it, you injure somebody on a on a on a play that you didn't really mean to do. You know, I think sometimes it's good to extend, but in a fight, I don't think you need to. Uh, I don't think you, there's any apologies necessary. I thought it was great that you know where where you ended up landing was back, not just in New York. And by the way, you know, before hockey came to Las Vegas, like when I was a teenager and. In the early 80s, I moved to Minnesota for a few years. So I remember watching the North Stars at the old Met Center. And, like, Willie Plett was the enforcer. And there was no helmets. They didn't, if he didn't want to wear a helmet. So he didn't wear a helmet. Um, so from that, being, being that I was born in Manhattan, the Rangers were always my favorite team. Like, I got Rangers gear. I have no Golden Knights gear because I, I'm supposed to be objectionable, right, as a, as a reporter. So when you end, land in New York, and you're with, I thought it was cool because you landed back with Turk. Um, the reunion with you two, because I think that he, you kind of had a special place in his heart when, when he brought you here. You, you, you've told me many times that, you know, there was something different about what he expected from you. And it wasn't there. There was the appreciation of being the enforcer, but it was what more potential you had to bring to the ice. And you sort of found that here or, or sort of brought it out. Um, what was that reunion like? It, It was great. Honestly, I, uh, you know, for me, I think that's probably my uh, the, my favorite coach I've ever played for. Um, you know, he I, he's a guy that you know understands my role, and you know he knows that I'm not going out and scoring 40 goals, but he, he gets what I bring to the table. And um, you know, some coaches some coaches get that, and some coaches don't. And, and you know, that's fine. Not everybody likes my style of player. Um, just like not all, not all fans like my style of play, and then that's fine too. But um, yeah, I think. You know, the decision to come to New York um, was, you know, very largely based on the fact that Turk was the coach here and, uh, you know, that uh, I'd be re- uh, reuniting with him. I, d- I don't know if I would have been overly eager to come here without him, uh, to be honest. You know, I, I, d- I don't know, you know, what the coaching situation would have looked like and, you know, who, 
how he would have used me. And, you know, I, as, you know, as I get older, I think I, I want to try and play as long as I can. And I, I think Turk gives me the best opportunity to keep getting contracts. So, um, you know, obviously my play, my play is going to dictate that too a lot, but, um, yeah, it, it was, uh, it was a big part of the trade and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I'm still playing for him. ESPN Radio 1100, throw the flag live from the Golden Circle Sportsbook at the Treasure Island. We got Ryan Reeves on the phone. And, Ryan, when you are you were just talking about your coach, and I just want to know, what does make a good coach to you? Is it somebody that recognizes the talents that you bring to the table and just tries to maximize that? Or is it somebody that just tries to focus on the, the things you don't do good and then try to make those better? Uh, well, you know what? I think at my age, uh, the old saying, can't teach an old dog new tricks. I think I'm, uh, I'm past the point of him teaching me how to score 40 at this point. So, um, yeah, for me, it's, it's a guy who understands what, what I bring to the table, what my strengths and weaknesses are, and, and puts me in the best position to, you know, utilize those strengths and weaknesses. I, I, it, it would be hard, it would be hard to play for a guy who, you know, look at me and be like, hey, you know, you're, you're not putting up 40 points. I can't put you in the lineup. Well, well, that's not that's not what I'm here for. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, I think that's a big part of it. I think, you know, one of the one of the things that a lot of people like about Turk is he doesn't harp on little mistakes. You know, sometimes he's going to let you know, and he might get in your face and yell at you once in a while. But you know, he's going to let you he's going to let you go back out right after that and, and rectify that mistake. So, um, you know, I, I think that's a, another big big key of uh liking a coach well speaking of new coaches and i, I got to get your uh, approval disapproval your your opinion because you i don't know how many people know this but this is beyond even when you were right above the uh, north of the border you're uh, you're, you're with your father and, and your brother being cfl but you are a major major raiders fan you are like raider nation insane right huge raider fan so i was Quick uh, backstory, I guess. I was a Jerry Rice fan. I, I was always a, like a player fan when I was younger, so I was a big Patrick Waugh fan. So I was, you know, I kind of followed the Montreal Canadiens, and then when he when he went to uh, Colorado, I was a huge Colorado fan. Um, so yeah, I was a, I was a big Jerry Rice fan. So I was 49ers. He got traded to the Raiders. I just I fell in love with those the uniforms and just like the, the fans there, the black hole. I know Jerry. I know Rice went to uh, Seattle after there for a little bit of a stint, but I just, you know, I fell in love with the Raider Nation, uh, and yeah, I've, since uh, you know, since he's been there, I've been uh, all Raiders. It's been, uh, you know, through some through some tough seasons for sure, but um, yeah, I haven't haven't wavered. Won't won't, uh, won't ever consider it. So, do you like what you're seeing with so far, or reading, or paying attention to with Josh McDaniels? I do, yeah. I, uh, you know, I, not being out in uh, Vegas, I don't see as much as you're probably seeing, obviously. But um, you know, I, I like what it, I, I caught a couple preseason games out here, and uh, they look good. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see a full game with uh, Carr and Adams together. Um, hopefully, that run, the you know, um, Jacobs is healthy, and um, you know that defense can can uh, start, you know, stop some passing and. Uh, yeah, they're looking good, man. They're they're looking good. I'm excited for the season. They looked good last year. Um, obviously, disappointing end to the season, but um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to the season. So, you know, football Sunday tomorrow. I've been looking forward to this for a couple of weeks. So, 
Would, would, you say that, would you say this is your favorite Raiders team that you've seen in the past, what, 10 years? Oh, for sure. For sure. Okay, so I got to ask you. So I, I told – you remember Vinny Sapienza from Channel 5. He did – uh, I think he did a nice off-season piece on, on, on the beer company, on your beer – on 7-5. Um, yeah. So we're talking, and he tells me that he's up in Oakland, and he looks over, and he sees this big guy in a Raider jersey throwing footballs, engaging with fans, and he yells out, Revo! And you look over, and you saw him, and you said, I love coming on the field because they think I'm a Raider because of my size, and you just start signing autographs. <laughs> no, yeah, so, no, it's true. So I, uh, were you signing Mark them, Derek Carr? <laughs> no, you know what? So Mark Davis invited me and uh, my son down for the home opener, uh, I think their last season in uh, Oakland. And uh, so we flew down, and you know, obviously he, he let me come on the field, and we're – we're kind of just walking around the outside of the field and people are just screaming at me to come sign autographs. And, you know, in my head, I was like, there's no way they know who I am, like being a, you know, Vegas hockey player. So they must think I'm just like an Oakland Raider. I was like, yeah, okay, I'll go along with it. And one day they'll figure out that they got an NHL player instead of a football player, but that's fine. So, you know, I ended up being in a little bit of a crowd signing autographs. So, yeah, it was funny, though. Hey, speaking of funny, we saw a viral video of you uh, with you and the one and only Nature Boy, Ric Flair. What was that Woo! about? <laughs> of course. He calls you the baddest man in the NHL, which I think we can all attest. There's, if, if it's, it's in the last four, three, four years, you, you have certainly been. If, if someone wants to throw, it's kind of like the, the phrase, you know what? When you, when, you get into, when you go from junior high to high school, you're gonna, if you're gonna if you're gonna get tough, you got to go after the biggest, baddest, and and that would be you right now. So uh, Nature Boy called you that on that video that went viral the other night. Where were you guys? You know, we were in Wayne, New Jersey, shooting a commercial for Car Shield together, and uh, we 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 finished the shoot, and he just looked at me and was like, "Hey, you're coming out for a couple beers." I'm like, what am I gonna say no to Nature Boy? So no, we. Uh, <laughs> yes. We, we went out for a couple beers, and uh, we had a good time, watched a little bit of football. He actually owes me 100 bucks because he had the Rams in that game. I had, uh, I had the Bills. He said, no chance the Bills are winning. Nice. So, uh, Nature Boy, if you're listening, I want my 100 bucks. There you go. This stings so bad because I just want to pick your brain on the stories Nature Boy told you, but we got to run, Ryan. Ryan Reeves joining us once again. Uh, we'll all, I mean, New York Rangers forward, but... I mean, in his time here, will always go down as a Las Vegas favorite of all professional athletes. Ryan, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you. Know how much I appreciate you for your time here in Vegas. We'll stay in touch. Have a great season. I'll see you when you get here. And thanks for joining us today on Throw the Flag. Anytime, guys. I appreciate it. All Take right, care, there it is, man. Ryan Reeves, one of the all-time greats when it comes to Las Vegas professional athletes. We are going to transition some Raiders talk into the last half hour. Joe Reedy, Associated Press writer, covering the L.A. Chargers. When we get back, Gooch, Willie, Treasure Island, throw the flag, Golden Circle, Sportsbook and Bar. Snap good, hold good, and Raiders in, Chargers out. How hungry? How hungry? You want to know how hungry I am? Devontae's one of the elite special players in the league. I don't really get into that stuff too much just because, you know, I like to focus on what it is that I'm doing. I feel like if I can lock in on that, that, that gives me the best opportunity to be successful.
Treasure Island. All right, back to Treasure Island Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. Throw the flag, Gooch and Willie. And it is time to talk Raiders because NFL Week 1, well, it's already underway. It started Thursday, but for local listeners, the Raiders in L.A., a rematch from last year's season-ending game, which, of course, was on Sunday night. So it was the last game of the entire regular season. Comes down to overtime, comes down to the last kick, and it decides the playoffs. And here to join us, Associated Press, Los Angeles Chargers beat writer Joe Reedy joining the show. Joe, how are you? Doing good. How are you guys doing? Well, we're geared up for tomorrow's game. We're watch- We're in the middle of the Treasure Island Sportsbook. We're watching college football on the screens all around us. And you are getting ready for a major game. You've been following the Chargers, obviously. You've been out at training camp all summer, last few weeks. Uh, and you're seeing the other side of what we're seeing. And that is somewhat of a revenge-minded team. How are the Los Angeles Chargers looking as they lead up to this season opener with the Raiders? I think they're I think they're looking good, but I think you know the interesting thing about preseason games now on most teams is because you don't play your starters, there's a lot of unknown, and I think that's especially true in this one because even though the Raiders did play four preseason games, I think very not many of the starters played. Right. And with the new system and everything, you don't know. You don't know kind of what's going what's going to happen. So, I think the Chargers are hyped up, but they also realize, especially with this game, it's not going to be a quarter to quarter adjustment games. It's going to be drive to drive and play to play with what with what the what the Raiders do. And I think it would that would especially be true on the Raiders case with um what uh what the Chargers are going to be doing also. So it seems like the Chargers have been catapulted to the top of the AFC West. I, I feel like the power structure is starting to shift. And with the additions that the Chargers have made, especially on the defensive side of the ball um, what would you say is the biggest change this Chargers team has compared to last year's? I think definitely defense. You're gonna have you're gonna have at least six new starters during the season. Probably five for this game because J.C. Jackson is doubtful. I would be very pleasantly surprised if he does play on um, if he does play on Sunday. I think it, maybe this is now more geared toward getting them ready for that Thursday night game against Kansas City. But it, it, I think the I think the front line is better. I also think the line bet that front seven is a lot improved too. And the one key is most of the free agent additions that they brought on have played for Brandon Staley either with the Rams or when he was a, was an assistant with Chicago. Or Denver, Khalil, Bryce Callahan, uh, when he was an assistant, and then you got Troy Reader, Sebastian Joseph Day, and uh, and uh, Morgan Fox, and Kyle Van Noy has played in this system before too. So I think they've got more of the physical type and maybe scheme type guys that they want on that defense. 
ESPN Radio 1100. We're speaking with L.A. Chargers beat writer Joe Reedy for the AP. And we were just talking about those free agent acquisitions. Khalil Mack is one of those names that, to me personally, should have been made a bigger deal than the fact that he was leaving Chicago and coming to the uh, coming to the Chargers. But how do you think they're going to use him? Do you think they're going to use him all around the field? Or do you think they're just going to have him be on the other side of Joey Bosa and just lining up and going after the quarterback? I think if, if, if last year was indication with with how Joey Bosa was used, I think, you know, half to most is a pass rusher. I think the one thing that is that has stunned Ronaldo Hill uh, a little bit is how wired in Khalil is on all factors of the defense, especially stopping the run and stuff. And there, there will be a couple times, maybe one, maybe once a game, where Khalil drops back in the pass coverage. I think we saw that a little bit with Joey last year, where that was a new thing for him, learning how to drop back occasionally because he was a stand-up linebacker instead of uh, hand-in-the-ground uh, defensive lineman since Chargers went to a 3-4 scheme. But I think... Since he's played this before, it's it, it's not going to be a surprise. Anything new that he tries, maybe compared to compared to the past couple of years in Chicago, because when he came to Chicago, Brandon was his position coach, and it, and it was a and it was a uh, Fangio defense. So, Joe, I got to ask you. So, you know, everybody leading up to training camp, you know, all these sites, they love to make lists. And, of course, the AFC West has been the talk of the NFL this offseason and heading into training camp. The list, the, the, the quarterbacks, rank the quarterbacks. Who's the best? And the, the, the majority is, is Mahomes, uh, Mahomes, Herbert, and then it's either Carr, Wilson, or Wilson Carr. I'm always of the belief that your receiving core you know, is, is going to enhance and help. There are some exceptions. There are some great quarterbacks, I get it, that bring out the best in some receivers. But this seems to be a division in which the receivers are going to sort of dictate what the quarterbacks, you know, their success. However, out of the four, I tend to think that Herbert's that lone, that, that exception, that, that exception to the rule where, he brings out the best in everyone else. Like, I think we could see a decline with Mahomes a little bit without Tyreek Hill. I want to see who's stretching the field for him. Devontae Adams, he's going to make he's, – he's finally given Carr the target. Not sure yet. I'm unsold yet on what's going to take place in Denver. But Herbert is the guy. Like, this is a special, special quarterback. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's – I think these are the top two receiving cores – in the division now, maybe right now when you look at it, the Chargers have have more depth than the Raiders. But I think you know we'll we'll see how that we'll see how that sorts itself out through the years. And I know people love to make lists about the quarterbacks in this division, but also you got you got to make lists about the pass rushers in this division. Division now too. I think the only one where, you, where where that might be the where that might be the exception, and we'll see if that catches up is Kansas City. But you look at the Chargers, Raiders, and Denver with the pass rushing duos that they have. 
that that's going to be the that's going to be the thing. I think the Raiders catch a little bit of a break without without if J.C. Jackson does not play tomorrow because Jackson has always been matched up against the number one receiver. But does that improve front seven with the Chargers? And we know Joey Bosa's success backing David Carr in the past. And if you add in a Khalil Mack, does having the front seven to rush the passer mitigate a little bit too? And I think the other thing too, and we saw it in Buffalo Raiders, Buffalo didn't rush five once and got seven sacks against um, Matthew Stafford. When you have pass rushers in this division on both sides, and I'll, and I'll make the case with the Raiders too, because Raiders had the lowest blitz rate and led the league in quarterback pressures last year. How much does not rushing five on a consistent basis with the strength that you have in that front seven help the back end? ESPN Radio 1100, throw the flag, Willie Ramirez Gooch, speaking with L.A. Chargers beat writer for the AP, Joe Reedy, and more on Herbert. So this is his fourth year, and he can be extended after this year. Is there any whispers about extending Herbert, or, or are the Chargers going to play the same, quite frankly, disturbing game? that the Baltimore Ravens are playing, maybe extend, maybe make him sign that fifth-year option and then talk about extending him after that? No, I think they'll try to extend during the offseason, but I also think the mark, and I, and I think this is going to be the interesting thing, with, the, with, Joe, with Joe Burrow's extension, who, who signs the extension first? Who, how does the market get established between Burrow and Herbert and also, what does Herbert do this season? Because if, if let's just say Herbert leads Herbert leads the Chargers to the Super Bowl, you know that that drives up the value even more and puts them on the puts them on the same plane as Joe, Joe Burrow. If he makes the Pro Bowl this season, his fifth year option becomes basically a franchise tag, which I I know you few teams that want to have a quarterback on a franchise tag, uh, especially if it's a rookie on a fifth-year option. That was one of the things with the rookie uh, salary pool with the um, with the new CBA that that got uh, that that got notched up a little bit. So they'll talk. Chargers have been very good about a, about extending people and also and also showing showing people the money, uh, especially Derwin James this past season. So it'll get done, but like I said, it's going to be a very interesting market during the offseason with Burrow and Herbert because especially, too, Mike Brown does get hit in Cincinnati a little bit about the way he runs the franchise, but Mike Brown does pay his quarterbacks because for a couple of years, and it was a long time ago, I know, Carson Palmer for about three years was the highest paid player in the league. All right, once again, AP, beat writer for the LA Chargers. Uh, Joe Reedy joining us here on ESPN 1100. Joe, we're going to close it on this. I got a two-part two part question for you. One, how much have – I know you sent me one quote for in case I was doing anything on my end from Herbert. How much is this team really thinking about last year's season finale in terms of revenge mode and – your thoughts on what takes place tomorrow in the game? I think it drove them during the offseason. Not so much anymore because both sides, there has been a ton of turnover, I think especially on the Raiders' end. 
I think you will have a few guys maybe at the end of the game if they do get a win who are hyped up more than usual, but I don't think it's driving them as much as people think. I think it's going to be a close game, three to three and a half, which what I've seen the line is right in line with, with, what, with what everybody thinks. I've got to think that with the defensive improvements and everything and also a new, also a new system with the Raiders that uh, – Probably probably 23-20 or 30-27. I, I do know because I covered Josh McDaniel's first NFL game as a coach back in 2009, Denver-Cincinnati. There is no way it's going to have the ending of that game with the uh, Wild Smith of Brandon Stokely for the game-winning touchdown late. There you have it. Raiders and Chargers tomorrow, 1 p.m. Joe Reedy, Associated Press. Covering for the uh, covering the LA Chargers, Joe. Appreciate you spending some time on Throw the Flag here on ESPN Las Vegas with us. Uh, enjoy the game tomorrow, Week One. We are here. It's time, NFL. No problem. Enjoy the rest of the day at Treasure Island. I always love going there. There you go. Thanks, Joe Reedy. So, Gooch. I mean, this is a this is a real big. I mean, I would I would imagine it's like we said at the beginning, right? Don't overreact to the Rams, the Bills. But in general, with a division-style game and the, the impact that these two teams, a lot of people are wondering, like the Chargers are, think that a lot of people think the Chargers are going to win this. Where are the Raiders going to finish? For week one with these two, it's a statement-making game. It is. It is, especially right off the bat. And this week one, by the way, how many storylines have been thrown at us? Yeah. You got, you got Von Miller returning. I mean, you got Von Miller playing for the Bills, taking on his former team in the Rams. Then you got Baker Mayfield playing uh, for the Carolina Panthers, taking on his former team. And then you got, and you got this storyline right here, this big revenge game for the Chargers and the Raiders. It really does say a lot. And the reason why I think it's such a huge game for the Chargers is because obviously they want to get that revenge. They want to let everybody know, like, look, Last year is last year. This year is totally different. We're a much better team. We're ready to go. But the Raiders, though, I have to see what's going to happen with Josh McDaniel. I want to see the starting squad right. and what they're going to look like. Chargers, three and a half and 52. Get down here, Treasure Island. We are on for about 15 more minutes. Treasure Island, Golden Circle, Sportsbook and Bar. You get down here, you're listening, pull in. I got UNLV football tickets for next week at Allegiant Stadium. We got some Las Vegas lights. We got some Aces t-shirts. We're going to talk Aces in a little bit. We got UNLV football coming up in a couple of hours out or up in Berkeley. So we're going to close the show talking a little UNLV football, a lot of Las Vegas Aces. It's Gooch. It's Willie. I got Mateo to my left. I got DeMond quarterback in the show in the studio. Treasure Island, Golden Circle, Sportsbook and Bar. The final flag. I get credit for like the dog mentality a lot, but I think this team has kind of taken on that identity of just being tough. And we know that to win, especially playing against a Connecticut team, they're tough. And this is like, like Becky says, we don't tiptoe into a bar fight. Oh yeah, you remember that, right? Hey, a lot of people don't know this. Eddie Murphy. That's right. A lot of people don't remember. Eddie Murphy, party all the time. And let me tell you something. That was the sounds of Kelsey Plum. Bring it back. Those girls are going to be partying. It's Gooch. It's Willie. And we are at Treasure Island Golden Circle Sportsbook on Bar on ESPN Las Vegas. Closing out. Throw the flag. Another edition in the books. And it's the final flag. 
And before we talk Las Vegas Aces, don't forget to tune in to ESPN 1230 for the UNLV football pregame show. Kickoff 1 p.m. Russ Langer, Caleb Perry on the call. Big game. UNLV Rebels against the Cal Golden Bears. Taking the points with the Rebels. I, I have to agree. I don't know what it was. It was just, I, I know it was just one victory. But they looked so much better than they did last year. And Cal did not look very good last week. No. So I like where you're going with this. I like where you're going. All right. So as I said, Kelsey Plum bringing us back. The dog mentality that she put out there earlier this season. Barking all over the place. She's got, we're on press row. I've got season ticket holders behind me all season barking every time she's going to check into a game trying to get the crowd riled up but she says that the team has sort of just inherited that whole mentality and this is a team that sort of started high hit a lull and has finished the season strong they're trailing by four with 11 seconds left in seattle and what a turnaround they're trailing by two with less than a second fraction jack young hits the hits the game time it seconds. To, puts it back into overtime and that just deflated Seattle and Sue Bird's career. And now here we are, the WNBA Finals. The winner of this series, it'll be a title. The first time for either franchise to win a title. I just want to say this real quick to Sue Bird's credit. She went out the same way Serena Williams went out. Right. I mean, and let me tell you something. Hit that three. That should have been game. Yeah. That should have been game. But then late. Las Vegas, baby. And listen, you I mean, you talk about four of the most amazing women athletes, right? Serena Williams, Allison Felix, Sylvia Fowles, and Sue Bird. And then you can add on Bree January from the Storm. I mean, we're, we see some greatness come to a close their careers. Um, but let's talk real quick as we close it out. So like I said, WNBA, game one is tomorrow. T.C. Martin will be on the call here on ESPN. Huge, huge game because... The Storm came in here and beat the Las Vegas Aces in game one of the conference final. But I think that that was an eye-opener, and I think that the Aces, I mean, I was out of practice yesterday. Talk about focus. Eye of the Tiger, if you will. These ladies are ready to bring it against a very tough Connecticut squad. The beginning of the, the playoffs, Gooch, I, I had said, these two have the best starting lineups from, you know, from point guard to, to big woman in the, in, in the paint. It is the probably the best starting lineups. It could come down to who has the better bench in terms of like that X factor. I sat with De'Erica Hamby a little extra yesterday after the recorder went off, and she was explaining to me everything that she went through, the mindset of the two games she got in for minimal minutes. It was more of a test to test the knee out, the bone bruise, see what was going on. Um, if she comes in healthy and can give them substantial – she told me yesterday, she said, I'm not trying to come in and score a bunch of points. I'm just trying to come in and lay a body on somebody and play that physical role that she can play. She's a veteran. Could be big because they have the sixth woman of the year in Bree Jones. They also have Dejanae Carrington who can bang from the outside. She can drive the lane. She can kick. She – I mean, they have a talented bench. And – what kind of mindset do you think Becky Hammond brings to this team with all of her playing experience, the fact that she was a top 25 greatest player in NBA history, voted top 25 player in NBA, WNBA history? What do you think she's going to be able to bring to this squad that's going to fuel them in the finals? Well, what she has brought to them in general from start is confidence. She's allowing them to play their game without being sort of a control freak. Right, Bill Lambeer was, I mean, you make a mistake, you're getting yanked. 
You make a mistake with Becky, next time out she's pulling you over, she's reminding you, she's not pounding it into you what you did wrong, she's reminding you what you can do right. And she provides them with the confidence that you need, the mindset, because she still has, she's been removed from the game for so long, right? But I think what's helped is coaching under Greg Popovich, being with the San Antonio Spurs, being in the NBA. You've seen this team play like an NBA team. That's why it was the number one offense. But at times you've seen its defense really become stifling. It's, it's, it's also been an Achilles heel for them. But she, she brings confidence to a team that it was very necessary when Bill Lambeer had the team and it just didn't have it. All right. Well, that's it for throw the flag. I think we covered a lot. My oh heart my is goodness. pumping. I'm just ready to go. I'm ready for a nap. Man, I tell you what. We have to make sure that we think. The Golden Knights for getting us Keegan Colasar. Keegan Colasar coming on in the first hour. Ryan Reeves, New York Rangers forward, former Las Vegas, or Vegas Golden Knight and still a Las Vegas favorite. Always has a place in my heart. Joe Reedy, Associated Press writer covering the Chargers. Mateo on my left. DeMond, quarterback in the show, back at the uh, studio. Gooch, Willie Ramirez, it's throw the flag. Treasure Island, Golden Circle, Sportsbook and Bar. If you haven't come down there, free parking. My goodness, the kitchen is incredible. Big screens everywhere. Kiosk, you can make your own bets. Get down here to Treasure Island. And it's free parking for the Raiders game that has a tram to the stadium. Take advantage of that. All right, so don't forget to jump on. UNLV football is coming up at 1 tomorrow. The Aces, plus you got the Raiders opening season down in L.A. Which can't we'll be heard on Comp 92.3, the Rock Station. There you go. We'll be back next week.